Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is the show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. The rich just keep getting richer. What the heck? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we, we predicted this last week, right? We said, when we said, oh, the Dodgers uh, surely aren't even done. Of course not. Teoscar Hernandez, I mean, this is a different direction, right? So last week we talked about how they've shored up their pitching side. And we'll talk more about their pitching side because I, I, I think it's relevant to our main segment. Um, I, I like this Teoscar Hernandez signing. I don't like it for him. Because uh, you're worried about his playing time? Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I don't think. I don't think this meaningfully impacts his playing time. Teoscar Hernandez is someone that should be like Kansas City Royals. Here I come. Six hundred <laughs> plate appearances. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, okay, that's a that's that's a take for sure. Um, I, was he meaningful in Seattle? No. Well, I mean that he was. They buried him as well for, like, less apparent reasons. So, okay. All right. Fine. I don't know. I think of him as, like, in the Cody Bellinger kind of, like, can you just give him a spot and let him play every single day and let him know that he's going to bat fifth, third, whatever it is, you know, just make a decision and bat him there and let him play. He he seems to be someone that doesn't do well with jumping around in the order in the in the field, etc. Well, certainly, I mean, I think your Cody Bellinger comp is really interesting because certainly for Cody Bellinger, it was hugely impactful to get on a team and just play. Yeah, I mean, he <laughs> went one demonstrably. For, <laughs> he went one for infinity to start the season, <laughs> and then he finally started. Then he started. Then it was like, okay, wait, they're not going to pull me. This is great. So I think you you also teased another interesting thing. So I have I have three other guys here that I listed that I just noticed recently. Robbie Ray to the Giants, Sean Manea to the Mets. I like this Vaughn Grissom to the Red Sox. We'll talk about that I think maybe a little oh, later. Um, to me, actually, the more interesting thing right now is who hasn't signed. I think we've pivoted to that side at this point. Sure. Who who is left? Well, Cody Bellinger, Matt Chapman, Blake Snell, Marcus Stroman. Carlos Jordan, Santana, Jordan Montgomery, Carlos Santana, Josh Hader, Reese Hoskins, oh, Jordan Montgomery, and Josh Hader, uh, Jorge Soler, Jacques Peterson, Justin Turner, J.D. Martinez, Tim Anderson. Very important to me. Um, Clayton Kershaw hasn't actually been signed anywhere yet. Mm. Tommy Pham, Michael Brantley. I mean, oh, Michael Brantley just said that he was going to retire. Oh, did he? Oh, there it is. I see the note. He retired. This guy, uh, James Paxton. You guys want him back? Hmm? Oh, when you put in the pitching orders, like, yeah, I'll take them <laughs> to, over. To be perfectly honest, <laughs> yeah. I think looking at this list, I'm realizing that our main segment is going to take some adjusting because I can see why I was why I was so pained about some of these lineups when I was setting them. Like, what is going on? 
There are approximately 15 number two, three pitchers yeah. who are just not signed right now and yeah. not in this. And I, I did the same thing where I was like, wait, where is, and then it's like, oh, he's not signed yet. Oh, yeah. okay. I don't have to. I don't have to like really muck up what you've done so far. Too much. Yeah, I think we'll we'll talk about that in a second. But is there anybody? I th- I think to me it's the I think we have made that pivot point where it's more interesting the guys that aren't signed, and we're getting dangerously close to the point where I really want these guys to be signed, or I'm going to start worrying about their impact or the impact. We still have a month. We still have a month. Uh, but I assume that's more interesting than discussing where Robbie Ray signed or Sean Manea. Well, I think it's actually kind of interesting. Robbie Ray going back to the NL West in orange and black. Okay. All right. He he did clean up in the NL West. <laughs> he, had, he had some he had some good numbers there. He had much better he had much better numbers there. I think I'm interested to see what a sort of unleashed Sean Manea does. Or a little bit more unleashed. I mean, I assume the Mets will muck it up you somehow. You mean as in not on a bad team? Not on a bad team. I assume <laughs> the Mets will muck it up somehow, but you know. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you don't have to repeat yourself. Do That's we? Do we already up. know that he's injured? I mean, what's ha- what's happening here? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, true. Yeah. So, I, but I'm I'm more interested now in watching out for these guys that I think are a little bit more relevant. I mean, I guess in the end, Teoscar Hernandez, Robbie Ray, Sean Manea, they're all guys that are going to need to be owned in standard leagues. Not even not even TGFBI. I think Vaughn Grissom's the deeper cut here. Uh, so yeah, yeah, interesting yeah, yeah. land, yep. interesting landing spots. That's all there's yeah. to say. There, there are I, just looking at this. There are like thirty pitchers, thirty-two, three pitchers yeah, yeah. that are unsigned. It's amazing. Totally, and I think we may as well just jump straight into the main segment and talk about how <laughs> disastrous most people's many teams pitching rotations look right now. Let's do it. Oh, Julio Tehran. Is he really only 33? Yeah, it's so important. All right. Uh, so I titled this segment, the main segment today, Reacclimating to the 2024 Teams, because I always find last the past couple of years when we've done this exercise of thinking about what lineups are going to look like or what rotations are going to look like, I'm always blown away by 10% oh, yeah. of the guys. 10% like, what's he doing Taylor, there? <laughs> Teoscar Hernandez on the Dodgers. Didn't know that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so guys have moved around. We just listed a bunch. We know we're not done. But for now... Our predictions, our projections are hamstrung by not having innings pitched predictions and plate appearance predictions. And in order to make those the way that we've done it in the past is to build pitching rotations and build batting orders and just take those forward model, the innings pitched and the plate appearances. Mm -hmm. So even though we're only a month out from pitchers, catchers reporting, we had to take a stab at this. You want to start with batting or pitching? We'll start with pitching. We, we, I think we've been talking about that a little bit. It's a little simpler as well. <laughs> it's a little bit simpler because we need five to six guys per team. Um, so what did I do here? I basically took last year's. It basically took last year's pitching rotations. Took the guys that they were on. Uh, swapped guys amongst whatever teams they've they've now swapped, of which there were more than I thought. Subbed in guys where we needed guys to be subbed in because once <laughs> once I removed guys from other teams, a bunch of teams only had like three pitchers <laughs> so i had to had to go yeah. dig around in the depth chart and make some make some projections i make no promises for pitchers four and five on basically any team at this point uh but you know worth worth a guess and then i kind of ordered them by uh roughly who i thought was gonna pitch the most innings in a given year and uh-huh. usually this means that the ace is first because in a standard in a standard pitching rotation you want your ace to pitch the most innings 
your second best pitcher there from there and there and we found a relationship in previous years with these um with with pitching rotation and number of innings pitched and i just punched through it it was kind of mindless and just kind of sat there i was watching tv and yeah 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 i know how that goes yeah so i made a first stab and as is our way it's traditional for you to take a look at these and tell me what i've done horribly wrong but i think maybe you're not even gonna (laughs) do that today no, I don't have a whole lot of things that are horribly wrong. There are a couple of That's good. ones that I've highlighted where I think that we should consider making some adjustments. But yeah, most of this is pretty good, I think. <laughs> and then the other the other thing was that I noted there's there've got to be 30 pitchers who are either a pitcher 2 or pitcher 3 that are not here. Yep. Yep. And I guess there are a few of them that could theoretically be pitcher number 1 on some of these stupid teams. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's absolutely true. I think the plan for this, right, is for us to take a couple, us to take maybe a couple more passes, and then it'll get uploaded to GitHub to the pitcher tracking, which is this thing that we've done for the past couple of years. So people will be able to see uh, roughly what our predictions are. But then there are a couple of these where it's like, I'm not even going to touch this right now. Like the Mets, <laughs> like this is a completely ro- different rotation. Kodai Senga, Jose Quintana. He's still in the league? I know. Luis Severino, I thought that he was a Yankee. Yep. Uh, Sean Manaya didn't realize that he was on this side, this coast. Adrian Hauser? Yep. Woof. That's different from Max Scherzer and uh, Justin Verlander. Oh, this is, I mean, we, so just, and just Jacob to, re- DeGrom. to refresh your memory, last year, yeah. our Mets, here's our Mets, projected Mets lineup from last year. Verlander, Scherzer, Carrasco, Quintana, Senga was number five. We've had to boost Senga to number one because <laughs> just because there's nobody. I mean, who else? It, it can't well, be Quintana. I don't clearly. know. No, 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 no. It would be like saying Clayton Kershaw is going to be the number one's innings getter, even though that was <laughs> yeah. the case this year for the Dodgers. It's like Which is you insane. Yeah, you can't think that that would actually work. Sean Manaya, I would wouldn't be surprised if he ended up the ended up as the top innings getter this year. I think there's a good chance. I mean, so let's let's put a pin in that. I'm predicting that they're going to sign somebody else. Feels like mm-hmm. feels like they're going to pick somebody else up. So maybe they're. We're going to change this. We're going to change this when more things come into focus. Now I have highlighted a couple of ones, and maybe those are the, these are the interesting ones to talk about. Detroit. I saw Tariq Skubal as number one, and I was like, that is ridiculous. Well, surely someone else here must be Jack Flaherty. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, Kenta Maeda, no. So, <laughs> I don't know. I guess any one of these could. I think we're going to have to really pay attention to health of of these these guys and conditioning and stuff during spring training to know which one's going to be number one. Agreed. So, I mean, speaking to that, because thinking about thinking ahead about how this is going to impact our rankings, if we project Skubal as the number one pitcher on that, like a consistent number one, He's going to skyrocket in our rankings, which is maybe appropriate because if you remember when we talked a couple of weeks ago, we we're super cold on him because he only pitched 90 <clears throat> innings last year compared to where, where people are going to draft him. If we put him in for 180, his value is going to, going to go way up in our rankings. So maybe that is kind of where we want him to be. I'm not sure. I don't think he's going to get to 180 innings. Well, I that's... think that if he hits 160 innings, feels right. <laughs> okay. Kansas City. Cole Reagans, I like him. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be the number one pitcher. I think Brady Singer is probably going to get the most innings. I think that this is a good every other. I think this is going to be he's going to come back. Yeah. 
And I don't think it's really going to affect his value that much if he gets an extra 15 innings. Right. But Cole Reagan's, I think we can't. I don't want to own too much Cole Reagan stock this year. I I don't think I don't think similar to the Scooble situation. I don't think we're going to get him because I don't think our if we follow our you rankings, think even if we have Cole Reagan's as number one, we're not going to get him. I think so because I think I mean, we he's come up in a couple of analyses that we've done, um, principally in the ownership analysis, and I I think that there's I would. My guess is that he's going to come up as a fantasy darling, along with Scooball. I think both of them are going to be fantasy, you know, like hot fantasy picks. Mm. Okay. You know who's not? Let me see. Brady Singer. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Uh, but I kind of like him. Okay. I do Cole too. Reagan's right now with 10 fantasy expert rankers is 120. That's pretty good for a guy who we. Definitely. He's on Kansas City, and yeah. we know nothing about. I mean, where's so Brady Singer? Is, uh, I was just going to say, that puts Cole Reagans right ahead of Josh Naylor, Pete Fairbanks, Zach Geloff, okay. and Dylan Cease. Oof. Ooh, I had a Dylan oh. Cease. Wow. wow. <laughs> um, Singer, 126 in the... Um, oh, he does, he's not given a combined. So 126 pitcher. Pitcher 126. Cole Reagan's was... That's Reagan's really low. Cole Reagan's is going to be Reagan's way above that. Reagan's is 32. That. Yeah. Yeah. See, this is what I'm saying. I think that... I think for you and I, I think Brady Singer is a more interesting pickup because it's a, a zag, and I think he will be fairly stable. At the end of the at the end of the draft, yeah. Cole Reagan's, Same thing with Michael Waka. Cole Reagan's is your number three pitcher in fantasy. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely yeah, no not. Thanks. That's so much value. Okay. The other one that I highlighted, Aaron Nola. You've got Aaron Nola, then Zach Wheeler. I think that Zach Wheeler has shown that he gets more innings than Aaron Nola consistently. So I would put him ahead. Aaron Nola has been, has been a leader for Philadelphia for the past couple of years is part of the, is part of the problem um, or historically has been, has been the leader for them. All right, and then the last one I have is Texas. <laughs> you don't think Scherzer is going to? Is he hurt? He well, he was hurt coming the end of last year. I we know yeah. what's going on. I don't have him as a. I basically don't have him as a bounce back. I basically have him on the what I would call the Clayton Kershaw special. If Clayton Kershaw was on a normal team, oh, then we gotta have to put him fourth. <laughs> it was Clayton Kershaw special, and he has to be pitcher number four. That is that is the Clayton Kershaw special, for sure. Um, I mean, their their team is Nate Evaldi. I think has got to be number one, right? That's an easy, that's an easy one. But then I'm totally sold. I mean, we've got John Gray, Dane Dunning, Andrew Heaney. Uh, I mean, I would toss all four of those guys along with Max Scherzer in a bag, shake it, and see what comes out. Yeah, like I don't feel any, I don't feel any strong ordering here. So I, I hear what you're saying. I think this will depress Max Scherzer. This would depress Max Scherzer's value enormously in the rankings. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, I don't know that we need to make a move. I would say I wouldn't put him lower than fourth, and I think we need to pay attention to what happens in spring training for him. That's very important. All right, let's turn to batting. Um, this is a little bit more grab bag. I think who who we're going to talk about. Uh, be, and honestly, harder. 
and more flexible. This is, remember what we're trying to do here is basically set the ideal lineup for each team. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about if everything was going well, where would you have your lineup? And then of course, in the, at the back end, six, seven, eight, nine, there you have to swap a little bit and say, who do you think is going to get the most plate appearances? Because remember in the end, this is a plate appearance. This is really, this is is how we get to plate appearances. Right. Um, So I think, I'm actually surprised. I'm actually intrigued by the some of the teams that you didn't highlight, and the fact that you've accepted who I put in here. Uh, oh yeah, what, which ones are you? Interested well, just to in say, well, no, okay, there were there were a bunch where I was like, Oof, I don't know what's gonna happen here. Um, yeah, but those I just I are like I don't really care. Like Los Angeles Angels, I don't care. Sure, I'm whatever you put in there, sure. I think one that I'm interested in. There were there were a couple where. People have swapped leadoff guys around. Actually, you highlighted one of these. So let's let's start with the Chicago Cubs. Why did you highlight Mike Tuckman? Um, I <laughs> because didn't he lead off sometimes? Yes, he did. So he was yeah. So I don't. It seems whatever he is, he shouldn't be number eight in the order. If you want, if you're, if we want to say like, I think that he's going to get the most. I think that he's going to get the most at bats of the worst players. So that means I think historically we say that's somewhere between six and nine, and I would put him at six. He's not going to bat six. It's funny. I mean, the thing about the thing about this Cubs lineup is that they don't have anyone who really screens as a good leadoff. But I think Nico Horner is probably as close as they get. But they didn't actually lead him off at all, <laughs> really. Late <Lies>. season, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, but currently we have Christopher Morel there. Do I think Christopher Morel is going to lead off? He's going to lead off some games, but he's going to lead. Mm-hmm. But so is Mike Taukman. So this is one where the whole team kind of doesn't look like doesn't. We're not actually predicting the order. We're predicting plate appearances. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and I but I think Mike Taukman is going to get more. And I think Danzy Swanson. I think in that same vein, we need to have him as one of the top three batters, not four. Okay, let's just let's just swap. Let's just move those guys up. I'm I'm down with that. Uh. I'm going to just bounce around these ones that you've highlighted here a little bit. Should we talk about the Kansas City batting? We already talked about Kansas City pitching. Let's talk about what's going oh, on I mean, batting. Our listeners are dying to know what we think about Kansas City. <laughs> this one was Vinny. this one I will say was basically impossible. They have two guys that I think are really interesting. You highlighted one of them, which is Vinny Pasquantino, who people were so high on fantasy last year. So high. And then they've got Bobby mm-hmm. Witt Jr., who is highly relevant for the fans he's gonna be a top 10 player yeah he's highly no he's gonna be a top 10 draft player drafted uh rated player yeah absolutely and i'm pretty sure that kansas city is not actually going to lead him off based on what they did last year no No. um actually like what you did here michael garcia and and bobby witt makes sort of sense i don't know i think that in the opposite that you've uh, and the opposite of the Mike Talkman, Vinny Pasquantino <laughs> is is he's either if he plays, they're gonna get him so many at bats. Yeah, yeah. But I think the more, more problematic is if he plays. So I don't think I don't think in the middle of the order makes sense. But I think what you're saying here, he's the worst of the guys that should get every day. He's going to have the fewest at-bats of the ones that are going to be in the batting order. 
So that is regularly. true, but the the first four here is actually cribbed straight from some of their lineups. Marque- Michael Garcia, Bobby Wood Jr., then to Sal Perez, then to MJ Melendez. That uh-huh. is what they did. And so I know, I know, but I don't kind of like. But at the start Vinny. of the season, wasn't Vinny? Was he fourth? They, I mean, they were they were moving him around. I think he, I think he did spend some time in fifth, but I don't think that you know they didn't really know what they had at the time. Um, let's see. So game one, yep, you're right. Game one, he's four. I he they want him to be the cleanup hitter. Sure. I mean, do you want MJ Melendez to be your cleanup hitter? No, 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 no. <laughs> well, I I think that what's funny is it's like they've got two cleanup hitters. They've got Vinny and Sal. Yeah. Either one of those makes total sense as a number four, and you yeah. want to have, which in the like in the O four Red Sox way, what they did was have you had Manny in four and then you had um ortiz in five yeah which is like that's awesome um but then you have a number three hitter who can hit which yeah i wouldn't put melendez in front of perez no i mean i think you know maybe they're hoping that some of one of the other guys hits because again this is a pretty young team but um yeah i don't know interesting stuff i think that's a team so i highlighted him because i wanted to talk it through if your if your thought process here is like I think that he should be number four, but he's more than likely not going to actually get that many games. I, I would actually tell you flip him with Hunter Renfro, and because uh, he's, I think yeah. Hunter is going to be one of the first five default default guy filling sure. Ren- the blank. Renfro is just going to be in that lineup. I mean, like he's been in other teams' lineups for yeah, years. Exactly. <laughs> you know, he's just been in the lineup, and he's yeah. just going to be sitting there on your fantasy waiver wire, and you're going to be like. I should take Hunter Renfro, and then he'll have a one for ten week, and you'll be like, "Well, bummer." <laughs> yeah, exactly. He'll have the, yeah, he'll have the two home run, <laughs> ten RBI week. Yeah, and then you'll pick him up, and then it'll be nothing, yeah. one hit. Yeah, these these things unfortunately happen. Um, okay, moving down the list here, one other one that you highlighted, Baltimore. Yeah, I think I had a really hard time deciding what to do with Cedric Mullins. They Honestly, they, they I don't know batted him. Either. They batted him late in the order, surprisingly late in the order. Once they decided that they were going to go for it with Gunner, their lineups did cement. No, around. well, so as 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 a Cedric owner, he yeah. was hurt, and so you cannot have Cedric Mullins is not effective in the things <laughs> that he does well if he's hurt. So you don't lead him yeah. off. So I don't know. I, it's interesting to see. I don't okay. think that Gunner is going to be number one hit for that team. I think I think he would be better if he reached his full projected potential. He would be better as a three, mm-hmm. yeah. As maybe maybe a two or a three, but in the end, down the stretch, once they remembered that Adley Rutschman is not actually a, a leadoff hitter, <laughs> he, <laughs> it made yeah. more sense to go in the order that I have, which is Gunner, then Adley, Santander, and you know, figure out what you're going to do if for, for cleanup from there. Um, sure. So Cedric Mullins, I, I don't know. I actually don't know what their lineup looks like if they're healthy. Do they swap? Do they put Gunner at five or six and put Mullins at leadoff? No, I think, I, I think if everybody's healthy and they're doing exactly what they want, Cedric is number one and everybody that you have here from one to five moves down one you with think the possible so. exception of austin hayes is like a number five hitter 
Austin Hayes does screen as a number five hitter. I think he's the kind of guy that covers a, a the cleanup hitter, a good cleanup. You know, hitter. that's actually I, I'm actually coming around to that. I think you're right. Mullins healthy. If you slot Gunner in at two, Adley at three, Santander at four, Ryan Hearn at five, that's a nice that's a nice top five. Mm-hmm. That's that's yeah. really fun. That's fun. And then I honestly but, like I like the stuff at the back end of their lineup too, with Ryan Mountcastle and Jordan Westberg kind of kicking around. Oh yeah, I'm um, this yeah yeah exactly as fill in the fill in the blank replacements. No, it's good. It's a it's a great lineup. I mean, it's a, there's a reason why they won 100, 100 games last year. So I guess we have to decide. With I think Cedric Mullins is another player where we just decide if we think we need to penalize him because he's a number one hitter. Yeah, we penalize him because he doesn't actually get number one hitter at bats totals. I want to talk about this one team that I tagged as having a lot of extra guys, um, which is Cincinnati. And you mm. highlighted somebody on this list who I think is near and dear to your personal heart. <laughs> yeah. Um, CES. I don't know what to do with Cincinnati because they have a lot of guys sort of right at that threshold. So right now I've got, and this is, this is more or less a real lineup for them. Ellie De La Cruz, TJ Friedel, Matt McLean, Spencer Steer, Heimer Candelario, then Christian Encarnacion Strand. Then Novi Marte is the more interesting one down there, I think. Um, Jonathan India, Tyler Stevenson, got to have him in the lineup. What don't you like? You think that Encarnacion Strand needs to be higher? Yeah, I don't think that they're... I think given... He's a tough one. Again, it's, you know, maybe we have to decide if we penalize. They want him four or five. That's where they're batting him a lot um, yeah. in the lineup. They only want him up if he's four and five, I think. Yeah. So, yep. and there are a couple of players like that in this too, who is like Ellie De La Cruz. He's going to go down to the minors if he can't bat first, right? I, like, they're just going to totally be like, hey, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. If you're not feeling it, go down to the minors and we'll work it out. You're, you got a strained whatever, <laughs> but the, they're not going to be up. So that's what, I, like, that's a, I'd almost put um, Marte. Marte's not going to be. I don't think that he's he's going to make the top nine for us. But Jonathan India, I would put up higher because he's the only like real, real guy. Yeah, this is a really tough one. I think that we need to. This is another one where I don't I don't want to touch until we we like actually know a little bit more. But I think Christian is going to be. I'd probably slot him in at five, and um, because I don't think that he's. He's going to be batting four when he's in the lineup, and he's not going to be in the lineup every day. I, I Yeah. I mean, I generally agree with you. I'm torn on what to do with Cincinnati just because I have no idea what they're going to do with their personnel. I really don't understand. I mean, it's really hard to predict what they're what they're going to do with the, with the personnel. All right. This one that you're bouncing around, and I actually felt pretty confident in St. Louis. What are you doing uh, here? This is a, what are we doing? This is a real – this is pretty much a real lineup for them. Okay. Oh. Lars Newtbar. Tommy Edmond, Paul Goldschmidt, Jordan Walker, Nolan Arenado, which is the one that you're taking issue with, I understand. Brendan Donovan, Wilson Contreras, Nolan Gorman, Mason Wynn. This is a real lineup for them. Yeah, when? How often? What was the most common lineup? Well, Newt Barr and Edmond are were pretty much set in that in those two spots. Yeah, but I I think that you need to look at the beginning of the season when they were putting out what they had their ideal lineup and not the end of the season when it was like, we are waving the white flag. I think, see, I have the slightly opposite take, which is I think that they 
at the end of the season are like, we got to make something work. <laughs> so, so you're seeing more of a future. I mean, they didn't have Lars Newtbar regularly at playing the at the beginning of the beginning season. season. Yeah. And that is just not true, right? They're going to have Lars Newtbar playing. They should. Uh-huh. So early season, I think their, their platonic ideal of a lineup was this Brendan Donovan, Tommy Edmond, Paul Goldschmidt, Norin Arenado, Wilson Contreras, and then some guys that aren't on the team. <laughs> Jordan yeah. Walker is another relevant guy. Um, I think I, I that, that I, my concern here is that we're going to boost the Lars Newtbar and Jordan Walker value here. The same way that we did Tommy Edmond last year. That's, well, yeah. I mean, and the problem is we're, we're kind of stuck doing that with Tommy Edmond again this year, when in reality he maybe shouldn't be up there. But I, I don't want to... How many bats did he get last year, though? He must I have don't been. Wanna, I don't want to boost the other guys is part of, is part of, the, part of the problem here. You do, well, I mean, I think that we're going to look up and, and Nolan Arenado is going to be... They're going to be an, a 500 team and Nolan Arenado is going to be a top player. Um, certainly, if you want to say Swap Walker, Nolan, Nolan Arenado, I'm fine with that in 4-5. I think, sure, no issue. I don't want to put Brendan Donovan any higher. No. Um, oh, absolutely not. No, I think Jordan Walker, just play, put him down a little bit. I don't think that we need to put him any further than 5. Because they want him, they they want him to be a thing, uh, and it might just I be know. a year too early. Yeah, I, I just I struggle, you know, looking at this lineup. I just struggle to see how it's not. I mean, short of them moving Paul Goldschmidt back up to two, which is a thing that they did for a long mm-hmm. time during the season to try and get something going. They had Nolan Gorman batting high at that point Ugh. too, which is like, you know, please please don't do that. <laughs> um, I, no, I, I think the know. only thing is, I think Nolan should be should not be any lower than four. But I think I would say let's let's call it here. We we talked around, we batted these guys around. Um, lots of names that we've discussed today. We'll we're gonna need to refigure these sometime around March first. Yeah, I mean we need. I think I think right now these are close enough that the next step is to project out the plate appearances and see what it does to the projections. And then there will be some telling things about like, oof, that's not good. <laughs> and then we can we can go and mess with it in relation to that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. That about brings us to the review session. Luke Voigt. Wow. Guy that we, we absolutely have to talk about. He is signed, right? He's like, <laughs> absolutely. Have to. Well, let me tell you what happened. So he only got 74 plate appearances in 2023. In those, he had a 221 average. He did not hit a single home run, which is probably not good for him. He no. only had five runs in all of this. Did he get any RBIs? He got four RBIs and two stolen bases. Wow, two stolen bases. Where did that come from? <laughs> uh, good for him. He's been he's been bouncing around. I think he's a guy that really kind of needed a spot and doesn't have one, which I never fully understood because he was – Luke Voigt to me has been one of those guys who's like always available on the waiver wire and – is not a great last option, but an option. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, he's an option. He's two twenty <laughs> average, not great. Negative zero point two WAR. He's not going to be done. He's going to play again. But his career is two fifty three on average. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the last couple of years. Okay, so you, so you would say, but okay, so you said you think Luke Voigt's going to be in the league. I are do. you are you changing your mind now? No, you think he's going to be in. Oh, I think he's going to be in the league. I think he will get more than uh, 0.5 plate appearances. Over? Does, 
Does he? You taking the under? Let me, no. Let Let me. Okay. Let <laughs> Let me do this. Play. Ah, no, because that's not even meaningful. Because if he gets any plate appearances, he's gonna beat last year's. Because I was gonna say take the average of zero and last year's plate appearances. <laughs> and oh yeah, call I mean, that the over is he gonna get more than last year though? Yeah, I'd say yes. So seventy three. I'll give you seventy three and a half. I yeah. say no. I think less. I'll I'll take the over. But I think, unless you're seeing I mean, an article that says that he's done, really like done. No, I'm not. My, I'm honestly not looking. So to be to be perfectly honest, I I will will I will not look. In 500 plate appearances in 2022 across two teams, 55 runs, 22 home runs. You're telling me some 69 RBIs. You're telling me somebody doesn't want that. I mean, that's not that's not going to get it done. But like, I apparently had an injury throughout the year. He did have an injury, a neck injury, and then they dropped him. And then, and then he, did of, he sign with the Mets? And they um, he did, and they just sent him straight to the minors. So huh. in in June he signed with the Mets, went straight to the minors. Syracuse Mets, creative name. I just don't want to talk about Luke Voigt anymore. I guess there's nothing else to say. There's nothing else to say. We made our prediction. All that, matters is the plate. These are tough when it's all all about the plate appearances. All about the plate appearances. If he if he gets if he if he hits. More than um, if he gets more than seventy three and a half plate appearances, he's going to be someone that, that people are going to look at owning. I, I don't think that he's going to get in the like seventy three to two thirty range of the like people that don't matter. Yeah. I think that he's either going to get zero or <laughs> five hundred. I think there's a good chance that he goes undrafted and we're talking about if he plays i think there's a good chance he goes undrafted in fantasy and that he's a guy that you'll have to think about on the waiver wire and just in general big body of his on the waiver wire (laughs) just in general i wouldn't bother with it unless unless he slots into somebody's team in an amazing way the fact that they batted him fifth and below last year on the brewers when they had him no who are we doing next week we're going to discuss J.D. Davis. Yeah, that's a name I've not heard in a long, long time. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is, we're select to you, buddy. We're select to you, too.